Welcome to Anyone Can Play Guitar, the podcast where we try to learn every Radiohead song on guitar in order. My name is Austin Diaz. And I'm Nick Kendallsberger. We made it to the end of King of Limbs. How do you feel, Austin? It's gone by quickly and very slowly. Yeah, yes. <laughs> One, quickly because the album is short. Too slowly because like we were recording these very far apart. Yeah, summer we knew it was going to be kind of crazy and it turned out to be really crazy for both of us. So we made it through the real album before and then now we have a bunch of b-sides to take care of in this episode though we're also going to talk about our favorite songs from the king of limbs album i hope you've made your decisions already unless you're just going to go for it on the fly i think i'm going to go for it on the fly i have to okay i have to talk about it i have to get back into the groove this was one of those where i was very excited about these b-sides at first and then i became less excited (laughs) about them (laughs) as i went on but so it'll be interesting to see how your experience lines up. Let's just get started. Okay, we'll get started. (laughs) So the first two B-sides we're going to talk about were actually released before The King of Limbs. The first one is Harry Patch, In Memory Of... was the oldest surviving British combat soldier from the First World War. He, I guess, lived to 100 and... 111. I looked it up. 111. Right. He was a super centurion. Apparently, Tom York read an interview with him and then was inspired to write this song while he was still alive. And then in between that and when the song was released, he actually died. Right. It premiered on the day before the burial. And I think it was an interview that he watched. Okay. Or Not read. Okay. Right. I read that he watched it. And then I watched the interviews. I don't know how much we want to talk about it. I think you just like with the First World War, you just had technology outpacing how we were fighting war. Just unimaginable death of people fighting an old way with new weapons. And then you have chemical warfare. But that's another podcast. Right. There's plenty of history (laughs) podcasts that you can uh, listen to. This track is really just two people. It's really Johnny's score and then Tom's vocal on top of it. What was it like for the first time when you heard this? Like, so it's a new Radiohead song. You know what Radiohead sounds like. And then this comes on and it's a symphony. The first time you hear it, you're kind of thinking, well, this is really out of left field because you're not really so exposed to the soundtrack work that Johnny's doing, or at least I wasn't at that point. It's just banking on the recognizability of Tom's voice, which is really beautiful in this song. That's what makes it a Radiohead song, as opposed to... I wonder if they just put it out as Radiohead for the name recognition and to make sure that they got enough downloads to be able to donate to charity, because the proceeds went there. It's interesting that they started recording it. There's this coincidence. Coincidence is the best way to put it, that he died before they were finished, and then they released it for the burial and this charity thing. And so already within this new way of releasing music, like all of a sudden there was just this new Radiohead song in the world. 
So that was sort of interesting that all of a sudden, oh, there's just this radio song that you can buy it for a pound or whatever. And I was super into it because it was strings and it was Radiohead and it was dark and war and senselessness. All the nihilistic things that I was really into. Mm-hmm. The strings seem over the top, especially the first time I heard it. It felt like they were intentionally pulling the heartstrings, which is just not something you expect from Radiohead that much, especially the score. And then I guess Tom's vocals don't try to compete with the score. Like they really, it's not like Tom's being operatic because he can do that. He could do that if he wanted to, but it seems like he tried to think of another way. Yeah, I mean, and also he didn't really write the lyrics himself. They're adapted quotes from the interview that he watched. I mean, the quotes do pop up in the interview that I watched. Yeah, I mean, there's some really devastating lines here, especially when you have listened to some of the interviews that Harry Patch gave. I have to say, like, watching the interviews, I had many more reservations than I did at the time. I don't know, like, when you watch the interviews, you kind of feel like that should just, that should just be the only report about it. To be honest, because mm. I feel like when you add these really sort of maudlin strings and then Tom's very beautiful voice putting his words into song, it's almost like I don't know if that's appropriate. Well, okay, appropriate or not appropriate, it's a nice song. I don't know if it's more powerful than just listening to him talk. And I find that with a lot of war, everything. That's not just like telling about what the war was in the most plain terms possible. I find any, I find most movies overdramatic and maudlin. I find poems about war too on the nose. I find songs about war too message focused or, you know, too trying to get a point across. I just feel like we have the Iliad. <laughs> we should stop, <laughs> you know? That's funny. Um, I... I don't disagree. I think that this is a noble attempt by Tom to like, he was really moved. I think you can tell the score really, really does bother me. I don't quite understand. It just sounds very maudlin, I guess is the, is the right term as you used. And I don't like, you know, Tom's voice is always going to be pretty, but it, it, I don't understand. They don't quite match the music and the voice. Like, it seems like the score was written first and then Tom just kind of tacked something on. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely what it feels like. And the score is too much like, um, do you know Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings? You would know it if you heard it. And anyone okay. listening, look it up, whatever streaming service you use or YouTube. The, basically, like two seconds in, you're going to know that you've heard this before. And it's very dramatic. And it works, I think, because it was new then and it still sort of sounds okay when you listen to it now. Adagio for strings, but it's, oh, it's overwrought. I'm feeling a lot of feelings and I'm not sure what they are. And I don't feel as though I need to have been forced to feel them in terms of just mood and stuff. The bridge is interesting. Like the one, the part where Tom isn't singing, I appreciate much more. That at least brings some like darkness into it. Did you play this song? I mean, I went through it on, I went, every song I went through on with chords on my guitar. It wasn't that interesting to play on the guitar. Yeah, I played it on guitar and I did, then I doubled it on the piano just to see how it felt. And it was fine, but it didn't feel, I didn't go back to it and play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't dislike this song. It's just one I'm I'm okay passing over. Yeah, I listened to it a couple times and that's probably it. <laughs> okay. 
I listened to it a lot more when it first came out, just because it was so new. And, you know, it's like, it's so interesting, right? I thought I was much more than cultured or cultivated when I listened to that song, because like it's Radiohead and it's strings and like, oh, I'm a cool artsy person. And it's just such a weird perspective to know that I had. Like you felt like you had to like it because of these signifiers. Right, exactly. There you go. That's a good way to put it. All right. Well, we can I don't move think on. we have any, we can move on. Okay. And so now we're on to, these are my twisted words. So this one was super weird when it arrived. On the websites, people were saying that it had been leaked. Someone close to the band had leaked this thing. I think the general consensus now is that Tom leaked it himself. Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, like, wasn't it? It was like leaked on a torrent. Remember torrents? Oh, my goodness. I hated torrents. I I really did, too. I was like, what? Do I I have to learn about this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think about that all the time, though. Do I, have, I get mad. Do I have to yeah. figure this out? I mean, and I did, but, like, what, did it, what has that gotten me? Wasn't it later that they actually put it on their website? And then okay. when they put it on the website, you could also download the Stanley Donwood art that they suggested you print off on tracing paper, like, as though, yeah. I, have, as though I have tracing paper <laughs> and a printer. <laughs> I, I didn't either, but I do like how it looks, all the, like, branches sort of... In depth of field, I guess it makes it look like. I think that's pretty cool. We have, I mean, we haven't yet like talked about trees. That's true. Which is very remiss of me because I'm like failing to write a novel that is centered around lots of tree imagery. It's true. So I know a this lot about trees, fault. but I would just bore everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, no, the King of Limbs is named after a very, very old tree. And Sherwood Forest, where Robin Hood's from. I actually yeah. love trees. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big. Yeah. I can't. I don't think I could live anywhere where there weren't trees, like Arizona and stuff. But I wonder if it's like an old, getting older thing. I mean, like, I feel like the, my had this whole entire youth where I didn't really pay attention to trees, and then I really liked them. I love them now, and I know all this stuff about them. And I wonder if like the same thing happened to Radiohead. That's and interesting. I wonder if it's just like a phase that you go through as an adult, maybe more of a man than a woman. Who knows? I don't know that many women that are really into trees, but I know that's a lot true. of I know a lot of men <laughs> that are like yeah. They can be like, oh yeah, that's a linden, or you know, this is a specific type yeah. of oak. Okay, we're real off topic. How do you feel about this song? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's okay. all. I don't. I don't have too much to say, or I have. I have some things to say, but they're only negative. But I would like to hear what you think about the song first. I don't like this song. I think the every time I listen to it, I I like it less. And so this project has just made me almost despise it. Especially like learning it on guitar, I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's for one day. I detuned my guitar to that ridiculous. Drop C tuning. I have real issues with this song. I don't even know where to begin. I think like Harry Patch, when it first came out, I was like, I have to like this song. It's got picked guitars, like weird fishes and let down. Like, obviously this is right up my alley. 
but man, this is boring. <laughs> it's, it's really it's, boring, and it's so it's, long. It's so long, and it's really boring, and it's very dour, and there's barely any words here. Obviously, they were searching for something, and they were trying something that they'd never quite done before. Uh, yeah, I just don't like it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just... Uh, it's this is one of those things where like the longer I sat with this song, the the further down it moved in my estimation. And then I remember when this came out and I'm I was like, I have to like this, I have to like this. And then after a week or so, I'm like, I don't what's wrong with this song? Which is funny because had this song come out after Hail to the Thief, there wouldn't have been that, oh I have to like this. Right, because I feel like for a lot of Radiohead fans, Hail of the Thief sort of knocked out the obligation to like everything that Radiohead puts out. Because they had that just wonderful string from OK Computer to Kid A, and then Hail of the Thief, you're like, okay, I don't have to like everything. But then In Rainbows comes out, and you're like, oh, okay, they're back. That was just a blip. They're the greatest band ever. Whatever they put out is going to be great. Basically, as a Radiohead fan, force yourself onto these two singles waiting for the new album to come out. And you're like, well, this has to be great, right? I mean, they, in, in Rainbows, every single song on that album is amazing. And then we get this song where it's a, basically just an instrumental for the first half of the song. And then Tom comes in and just says, when are you coming back? <laughs> right. I'm so sick of just talking. I don't mind the words like it, that much, I guess. It's called These Are My Twisted Words, and there's barely any words here. Yeah. Shouldn't there be a lot of words? <laughs> Shouldn't there just be words flowing out all the time? <laughs> that is a good point. Um, um, yeah, probably. With this project, like when I look up and read about the songs, I realize that anytime that Radiohead is drawing influences from Can or New or any of that German kraut rock, it's just going to be a no for me. Even though I like the source material. Through this project, I've gone back and listened to those bands, and I do like those bands. I don't know how Radiohead gets from what those bands are doing to a song like this. You're, you're going to be in some trouble for today, then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm already, I can already see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, man, what's fascinating about this song to me is I don't like it, but it is, it's very complex, and it it's really hard to play. Like, to play along it just requires learning a lot of things. It changes a lot. It's this idea of, like, man, they worked so hard on this thing. But it's not fun to listen to. It is not fun to play. It sounds kind of cool when it, like, kicks in. And, like, the third movement, right before he starts singing, then it's over. To me, it feels like they were just running down another road to see if this would lead to somewhere else. And I think we've, I think it doesn't. I think this is a bit of a U-turn situation, <laughs> but I'll never be against Radiohead trying that, you know, because it's, they sometimes find just amazing things. All right, well, let's just keep moving. It's the B-side. We got things to do. <laughs> so the next song is Super Collider. Just in a moment. 
Okay. Super Collider was released with The Butcher. I think Super Collider was in contention to be on the album, but they didn't finish it in time. When I first listened to it, I think I was like, oh, they, they finally did it right. They finally got the cut tooth thing figured out. That sort of just hanging out with one idea for a long time. I, I feel conflicted about this song. I don't think it's very good. <laughs> I want to like it more than I do because I feel like I should once again like it. And I think I like the words, but it really just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> I think I like the words. It's, we should make that like the title of the episode. This is yeah, <laughs> I think I like the words. And, you know, I like super colliders. I'm a geek about that. Like I live in Switzerland. I, mean, I know you live by the large hydron collider. I'm okay. right by uh, Fermilab, which is just outside of Chicago. I love all they're doing and I follow that progress. So I want to like this song. I love, yeah, I love super colliders, but I don't know what it is about this one that really, what, it, okay, what do you think? <laughs> I like this song until Tom starts singing. This, the intro, I'm like, oh yeah, there you go. And then he starts singing and then we, it gets to like the chorusy part and I hate it. And I the, think about, oh no. Okay. Do you like, what don't you, what okay. don't you like about I don't that? know what, I don't know why. That part, like in a blue light and a green light or whatever, and a half light. All of a sudden I thought about that. Do you remember that Filter song? Do you remember the band Filter? Yes, I do remember the band Filter. And they had that like... I had a Filter CD, I think. Yeah, I did too. And do you remember that song, Take My Picture? Oh, yeah. Because I want, like, for some reason, like, that song just popped into my head. And it's something about, like, how he sings it, how Tom sings that part, and how... The lead singer filter sings the chorus part that it's automatically boring on both parts. But there, there's just something sort of mundane about when that chorus kicks in that I think is it's so mundane in that filter song. That's the only thing, only connection that I can think of. It's just not, it's just an uninteresting direction for that song to go in the same way that that chorus from that filter song was like a really uninteresting chorus. Even though I had that CD. <laughs> I think I had Filter's album before that, the one with Hey Man, Nice Shot. Hey uh, yeah. Man. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's a blast from the past. This is another one. Every time I listen to it, I think I liked it a little less than the time before. And I always thought I liked this song. This is mm-hmm. one I was like, oh, when we get here, I'm going to put this on my, on my reordered version of King of Limbs. But uh, it just doesn't go anywhere. I know I, we talked a lot of crap about Cut Tooth, but I mean, that, that thing is weird as hell. Like when you listen to that. Right. At least it's weird. It's so weird. We're missing that weirdness here. I mean, they're really into it on the, from the basement recording. I think that one is better than the, the recorded version that was released with The Butcher. Yeah. The, I mean, well, I think every, almost everything. Almost everything is better on the live performance, but right. I still, like, I still wouldn't. I I thought I would include it, but I'm not, I would not put it on my fantasy King of Limbs, which I found out doesn't exist. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, let's get to another one. (laughs) It's going great. Let's get to the butcher.
Okay, I listened to this song, I think, 20 or 30 times over the past two months. It doesn't feel like I actually listened to it. Like, I couldn't tell you anything about this song. I feel like it is so slippery. When those drums come in at the very beginning, that's, that's about it. Um, and then the drums kind of get picked up and then go crazy. But they don't go that crazy. Yeah, it's just like a fog. That's weird, right? Yeah, and pretty cool, I have to admit. I mean, one, like, if you really listen to it, the drums are great. I'm, like, complimenting and also disparaging at the same point here in that <laughs> the drums are great, but again, in terms of musical itches that I have, DJ Shadow, you and KLE have been doing drums better than this before this. When I want a song like this, I'm not going to go to Radiohead. That said, I think that they do a good job with this one. And at least there are chord changes, like actual chord changes, even though the bass is like a one note bass line, which is pretty cool. But it's also like leads to kind of like the unmemory of this song. But it's called like the butcher, like it should be like violent or something. But this just feels like the unfinished nature of King of Limbs. Like it feels like it's not done. I agree with that. I think that this is a song that you don't finish or you can't finish. I think they tapped into such a slippery idea of a song that I don't know how you, I don't know how you bring this one home. In terms of the butcher, I feel like I was more connected to the, if you think about the actual job of a butcher. That's just cutting up the same animal parts day in and day out. That's you know, true. you probably Very repetitive. You yeah. probably lose the idea of like the shape of an animal. You probably forget what an animal embodied looks like. This song is sort of the same way. You sort of almost forget, like, what is what is the shape of this song? You did a good job of saying a nice thing about this song. I had to say a nice thing eventually. because A nice thing eventually <laughs> about one of these songs? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We got to keep going. So we got to get to the Daily Mail. kind of sticks out doesn't it uh, in this era sure sure <laughs> <laughs> well it, it this seems more like a song not only a song but a song that like with different sections but you got something what do you i can see on your face that you got something to say about this song. Uh, this like this song Is like when I listen to this song, I'm like, I don't know if I'm the right person to be doing a Radiohead podcast because, you know, any you read about this song and it's like fan favorite. If, you know, if they had put their fan favorite, the Daily Mail on the King of Limbs, it would have been a much more beloved album. And I think what this is a Radiohead song that large number, if not the majority of Radiohead fans really like that I don't, which makes me feel as though I'm not a real Radiohead fan because I... <laughs> There's all these there's all these signifiers of this is the type of song that Radiohead does, and it's not the type of song that I like them to do, but it's the type of song that people really like. I don't know. Tell me what you think. Um. Okay. I think I like the second part with the innocent, fat chance, no plan. You know, like yeah. when it 
sort of gets more aggressive and the guitar comes in, I find the beginning part really manipulative. It's one of those piano songs by Tom that I have a problem with, where the moon is a rock on a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Lunatics are... Like, I get it. It's pretty, but it's, it just seems like he's, you know, working with crayons instead of an oil brush or something. I feel like this is very much a Tom solo song. It doesn't feel like a Radiohead song to me for some reason. It's a complete, for me, it's a complete Radiohead song, or it's a com- especially of this later era from Hail to the Thief onward. And it's one of those, like, I feel like it's one of those Tom songs where, like, he came in and he had this, and they're like, okay, we're going to make this work because, like, Tom is our oracle. And apparently, like, it was just finished right before they recorded the live version. Add in, like, with the brass section and stuff. I will say that sometimes I do like listening to it. I have to give this song a lot of room. I think the brass does sound pretty good. Um, I'm not wild about the lyrics. I'm not a huge fan of Tom's sort of protest song thing. Never. I like it when he delves more into his own self. There's plenty of writing online about how people are saying that radio has... Radiohead is an inherently political band, to which I say, sort of. There's lots of, like, political signifying from anywhere from, like, electioneering, you know, with the IMF, where he just says IMF. <laughs> like, right. what is that supposed to, you know, that doesn't tell me anything. Fake, even fake plastic trees or something like that. There's a quote from Hadley Friedman, wrote, that's a funny idea, but barely touches its nigh on unmissable target. Right, like it's about the Daily Mail, but like, there's I don't know how much skewering is going on. This is a non-articulate song. <laughs> right, it's um, this is some vague other person that is bringing us down, with no insight about that at all. Yeah, lyrically, I have the same problem with it as that. Wow, what was that song? You rained on our parade. You had to ruin oh. it for all concerned. Oh, yeah. Uh, punched punched punch up at a wedding. See, I don't like that song for the same reason, right? It's like really this sort of pointed thing that Tom isn't good at. I feel like when he has an idea lyrically and then tries to write a song about it, I almost never like it. If there's like a music, musical idea and then like he sort of adds the lyrics in later and sort of, as he says, ends up with what sticks, then I like it. Because you can read into it, but you can also not take yourself that seriously and not read into all of it. Yeah. I mean, I think about the Gucci little piggies in Paranoid Android and what made that work was how specific it was and how you use that. Like that, the person at the bar had no power over anybody, but you sort of use that as an example of a larger thing. Right. But then when you just attack a larger thing without anything specific, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything. Like you can just say that you don't like how things are, but which is like, which is how most good writing is. Right, being very specific about something to mean something more. Yeah, from which you can extrapolate to a larger point and make a larger criticism of society as a whole. But if you aren't criticizing society as a whole from the, from the starting point, you're always going to fail, in my opinion. These days, I feel like that's what people want. I feel like some of the appeal of this song, I mean, there's even another podcast about Radiohead that's called The Daily Mail. And they're fine. At least the other, the other one, you get some nice information or something sometimes. I like that other one, though. What is Music Podcast? I think they do a really good job. 
Yeah, oh, I think the one guy does a really good job, and I think it's fun to have the other guys react to everything that he knows. That's true, because he's sort of a pretty big music nerd in the best way, and then yeah. they're not. And so it's good to have that sort of leveling. Not enough about other that's podcasts. Fun. Yeah, that's enough. Okay, I mean, it's another one I thought I should like this song more. I thought it would go on my King of Limbs remix, and I'm kind of happy with it not. I think it should be a B-side. I like. I think I like it more than you do, but I'm pretty happy to move on from it. All right, well, we have one more. We have Staircase. Uh, yeah, I agree. This okay. is my favorite of the bunch. I think I like Staircase. Tom's voice, like on the previous song, is it's either doing exactly what he does in some songs that I don't like, or it's sort of mismatched with the hairy patch, or it comes in on Super Collider and I, for me, sort of throws out the song. This is the only one from the batch where it doesn't seem to... There's not that mismatch for me in my ear. His voice just kind of fits perfectly to this song, even though it's a bit different than what they've done before, but it just works. This feels like a Radiohead song to me. It feels like everyone makes a contribution. It's a little funky or a little slippery in a good way. You know, when I read the lyrics aloud, I can hear Tom, which is good. And I think the song kind of really has enough change in it as it goes along. I love the, I'm sending a chopper to steal you away. Yeah. That's a great one. Uh, and then it, you know, it, it, it really does go somewhere. I feel like we're part of this journey with it. Uh, this is the only one of the ones that I would put on the, on that album. I think I like it when it comes up in the, in the King of Limbs from the basement. I really do think it's yeah. good. It, it, think that's a really cool performance. And that's what we're hearing, too. This is the live performance of it. Same with the Daily Mail. We didn't mention that, but that's actually recorded live, which is pretty cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't have that much to say about this song. I know, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I don't have nothing really. I I like it. It shows you they were experimenting, and there's probably just something missing that they didn't, and that's why it wasn't on the album. I have more points to make about the album when we get to that portion of it, but... It has the problem that we've talked about or touched on already is that i really have to even now i have to really concentrate to remember this song it's true it is very true and then and i'm like oh yeah no it's a, this is a good one <laughs> I yeah do, it doesn't make me upset it doesn't that's um, my worst my only thing i'll say about uh, a moon-shaped pool is that some i sometimes look at the name of those songs and i don't know all of them and i'm worried that it's going to be that thing of like, we can't remember them because of that. It's almost like the band is sort of running out of juice. <laughs> I just like, I can name every one of the B-sides from the Ben's era. If you name those, I could sing the chorus to it right now. I mean, but don't and you I think that's, do don't you think that's the age that we were when we were listening? Uh, and I think it's the style of the song that they were writing at the time as well. Like these are performances that fo- focus much more attention on subtlety and you know like not hit you over the head with something 
it's fun to come to this song and and realize. I mean, this this is really hard to play in a band uh, to make it sound like it. It's, yeah. None of the parts are super complicated. It's just uh, it's a really impressive performance. Yeah, but that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that's too. That's, me too. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's good. I think you know when we didn't like it, then we go off on tangents about other things, and so let's just leave this one be. So that's the end of the B-sides from the King of Limbs. So now it's time for the King of Limbs Awards. just to remind everyone the awards are named after the Pablo Honey era so we have the Creep Award which is the objectively best song then the Blowout Award which is our personal favorite the I Can't Award in that I Can't Believe How Good This Song Is and then the Million Dollar Question Award that you always forget the name of it I always do on purpose yeah because you didn't even learn the (laughs) I think we're gonna, I'm gonna have we're gonna have a special episode where I go back and make you learn all of the Radiohead B sides from Pablo Honey. That might be interesting. Yeah, I would I would do that. All um, right. So where should we begin? Which which award? Creep Award. Okay, let's start with the Creep Award. I think we can three, two, one. This three, two, one. Lotus, Lotus flower. flower. <laughs> Just like with Hail to the Thief, I think there's one song on this album that sort of towers above the rest. And that's Lotus Flower, and that's because it's a really amazing song. And it's one that I didn't know was that good. I thought it was a good song, but breaking it down has just been astonishing. Right. I could just, like, listen to the transition to that first chorus over and over again. Like, it still surprises me even when I listen to the song hundreds of times. Yeah. Right? It's super... Everything about it feels surprising. It just goes up to that B, and you're like, oh... There we go. And I love how they use like different instrumentation for this. It doesn't sound like an older song. It sounds like a very new song. Mm-hmm. Like they worked so hard to get to this. And maybe it took the rest of that pile of B-sides and the album to come up with a song this good. To practice and to hone their skills so that they could create something like Lotus Flower but I think no matter what you say about King of Limbs, it has one absolute classic on it. Yeah. There's a lot of like cover versions of that song that you can find on YouTube, but it's all women because interesting. there's like no male singer tries to do it because it gets so high. It's so high. Anyways, that's Creep Award. And Creep so, Award. Uh, you can go first on the... Favorite? Blowout Award. So the Blowout Award. I'm just going to go for Feral. My favorite is probably Lotus Flower, but Feral's the one where like every time that comes on, I'm excited now. I love the album performance and then the the from the basement performance is even better and more exciting. It's what I kind of wish more of King of Limbs was like these two tracks, the Lotus Flower and Feral. I just think they really tapped into some primal rhythm with these two that is really kind of astonishing. You know, it's barely a song. I could easily say terrible, you know, things I've said negative about other songs they've done could apply to Feral, but it has that part that goes bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. All right, what do you got? Dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> my favorite is also Feral. Oh, outside no. of Lulu's Cellar. I was like certain yeah. I was certainly weren't gonna pick Feral. Oh no, yeah. Because it's, it's like it's more of a song that I like. This is like my style of radiohead. Okay. You're, you're not... encroaching. No, that's I this is true. This is like this is no, this is like lineage climbing up the walls. I feel like you can uh, no, there's so much kid A here. There's no, so much yeah, mis- mystery there's... and like Yep. weirdness that I just love. Also. I do get, it definitely sounds like um, amnesiac as well. Yeah. Without the drums, I guess. The drums feel very of King of Limbs, but mm-hmm. the sort of abstract nature of it feels very Kid A amnesiac, and that's just my my go-to. You know? Yeah. Well, this okay. is interesting. Good. All right, this so is- this is boring for the listeners because we have just two. Um, yep. Let's see if we can go three for three. <laughs> So next is the I Can't Award for I Can't Believe How Good It Is. You go first. Uh, I'm going to go with Bloom. One, because when we first started for this album, I got really excited because I didn't remember King of Limbs that well. And then this song, like, it's sort of sneaky. And then when you start looking into it and, like, the different drum patterns and the different meters and the different what's going on with all of the different guitar parts and then his voice comes over it's much more exciting than you would expect at the beginning and it got me really excited to do the rest of the album which lasted until lotus flower and then poof (laughs) until codex i guess codex is when it really went down yeah yeah i I really i can't believe how good that song ended up being on close inspection when it comes to mine, this is weird. I'm going to pick Little by Little because I kind of despised that song before. And I I like the album version, but I love the From the Basement performance. I think they totally found the song there. And it has this really good groove to yeah. it, which isn't on the album. And you kind of see them get excited about this weird little song. And I still think about it all the time. I still, I, it still runs through my head. Not something that a lot of these songs do, as we've talked about. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And then we got one last one. Million Dollar Question, which is the best B-side. You go first. That's Staircase. Okay. Mine's actually <laughs> going to be The Butcher. Oh, okay. Even though I th- I think that maybe sort of objectively Staircase is a better song, I find The Butcher such an interesting non-song almost that has like all of these trappings of a song. I can just listen to it a lot, like as you said, and still not really know what it was that I listened to, and I just appreciate that. This is off topic, but what's your least favorite B-side from this era? Um, well, I don't want to get in too much trouble with... Listeners, but I think I might have to do the Daily Mail. Okay. Mine would be, these are my twisted words. Uh-huh. I gotcha. I didn't listen to it enough. All right. Do we have any other final thoughts about the album? No, I'm happy it's over. I am too. I'm... I think I came in with so much... I was so worried at first, and then when I listened to it, I found so many things I was so excited to talk to you about. You know, the guitar parts were fun to learn... But the shine really wore off pretty quickly because it's such a meager album. I feel like it's pretty front-loaded, which is not what most people say. We agree on a very unpopular take on this <laughs> album. 
which we did not discuss beforehand. We were not trying to, neither of us was trying to push the theory that the first half was better. No, but it is. It just is. I think it is. Especially now going through these B-sides, you realize that they recorded all of this stuff to make an impact. The songs that they chose are there for a reason in that they're, they do fit together in a weird way. You know, you, you think of a song like Staircase or The Butcher or Super Collider that they just kind of sprawl out. The songs that they put on the album are much smaller. They're either taking an idea and, and really honing in on it yeah. or like almost feel incomplete. And so I actually do have a better opinion about this album than I did before, but that's mostly because I had a very, very negative opinion about it <laughs> before. Yeah, I didn't have a negative opinion. I just didn't, I didn't think about it. Um, and I've thought about it a lot. There's a lot to think about. Even with the B-sides, even if some of that thinking is just to remember the songs. It is, it's just interesting. I don't know, it's a fascinating... I feel, I feel sort of unmoored after this album. I do too. I feel like I'm losing a bit of my passion for Radiohead. I think it was bound to happen anyway. I am very interested to see how a moonshape pool sounds. Yeah. Because I don't really, I don't like the sound of the King of Limbs that much. I don't think that they were able to connect the production to the songs in a way that that Kid A and Amnesiac and OK Computer really nailed. Like, it's a rhythm album that sounds really small. It's like, the rhythm isn't impressive. For a while there, I was like, oh, maybe this is actually better than Hail to the Thief, but I don't think that anymore. Because Hail to the Thief was so weird, I guess, yeah. and, like, all over the place, that I think if I went back now and listened to Hail to the Thief, I would be happier. Yeah, well, Hail to the Thief just... It- Maybe function of that it's just longer and bigger and more songs. Like there's more points to hold on to outside of like the one shining there there song. I mean, there's still like yeah. there's still like I will and we suck young blood and um, wolf at the door, which are like not they're not like peak Radiohead songs, but you can still sort of hold on to them better than anything on this album outside of Lotus Flower. Like, Feral's great. I love that song, but it's like, okay. I mean, when I think of Radiohead, I'm not going to think of that song. Right. No, I feel like this is... I'm really impressed by Radiohead. They tried to do something different, and they really, really did. And out of that experience, they got a couple excellent songs. More than a couple. You know, four or five pretty interesting songs. But it was a lot of work, and this does feel like they went down a road, and they... Maybe could have kept going, but I don't think that that many people were that interested in what this sounds like. You know, the album did not do particularly well. No. It was one of the first ones that landed and then just kind of disappeared. And that might have been the point. Maybe they just wanted to do a project like this that they didn't have to, that no one would think of as the best album ever made. Because you can. I mean, like, because the other albums aren't going anywhere. But I, I mean, I do feel pretty worn down. And that's the thing about being a Radiohead fan is like they're so restless that it's bound to happen that eventually you're going to come up to a point or a kind of song that you're just like, I don't, this is just not for me. But I feel like um, only if you, I don't know, like if you read comments online, I feel like only if you're 
somehow break out of I that idea like you were talking about that we ha- you have to like this. There's plenty of their fans that are like in that stage still where well Radio had come out came out with this so I have to like it. But if you look at most rankings of their albums, this is at the bottom with Pablo Honey. Hail to the Thief is contentious, <laughs> but we're not huge fans of it. But there are people that think it's their best album. Brad Asborn actually loves Hail to the Thief. That's one of his very favorite Radiohead albums. That's and if true. you look at any ranking of <laughs> of albums, you know, sometimes people put, you know, hit Pablo Honey ahead of King of Limbs. It's certainly sold a lot more and has creep on it. I get that. So it'll be interesting. Do I want, I don't know. I haven't listened to Pablo Honey in so long. I kind of like blocked that out. What would it feel like? I did put on Let Down the other day and I just lost it because it was so beautiful. It's so good. (laughs) And I was like, man, this isn't, they're not even doing the same thing anymore. Not even close, right? Not even close. And you know, that was 13 years before or 14 years. So of course they shouldn't be doing the same thing. That's not what we want from Radiohead. But it is weird how dejected we sound now compared to the re- beginning of the first King of Limbs episode we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to edit some happiness into this. Into this one? I guess so. Our B-side episodes are hilarious yeah. in that they're usually like either really fun or very depressing. Are these songs in the Hail to the Thief? Or I, I think these are sort of in line with the In Rainbows. Yeah, they're more the In Rainbows. But maybe I like them less. I think I like them less than In Rainbows. I think they're I think they're behind In Rainbows, above Hail to the Thief, maybe behind Pablo Honey B sides. But you don't know that. I did listen to the Pablo Honey B sides, but I didn't play. I played some of them. All right, we're gonna do that soon. So yeah. we got to get that out of the way. All right. Well. It's been super fun. Do you have anything else to say? No. You know, Moonshape Pool is up. It's going to be a bit again because that's how we roll. Yeah. But we'll see you soon. All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsberger and Austin Diaz. (laughs) 